Welcome back to the Brady Farkas Show right here on WDEV, AM and FM, and WDEVradio.com. Patriots playoff hopes took a major hit last night with the Browns losing to the Ravens, but still three games left on the season, still not mathematically eliminated as the Pats roll into Miami this upcoming Sunday to help us talk about all of that and more. The voice of the Patriots, as he is every week with us at this time on this show, it is Bob Sosi. Bob, how are you? I'm good, Brady. And uh, that was quite an entertaining game, as disappointing as it was on Monday night, but maybe not as entertaining as the back and forth on Twitter as the game (laughs) (laughs) was was waning on in the final minutes and seeing the reaction of, uh, you know, the pathologists as opposed to the naysayers out there. And unfortunately for the Patriots, the naysayers ultimately had the last laugh, I think, with the Patriots playoff chances now, according to 538, reduced to something like 2%. There's still a chance, as they say, but uh, very little. The path has narrowed considerably. It has narrowed considerably. We'll get to that in a minute. I actually wanted to throw a curveball at you to start. Um, Saturday was the Army-Navy game, and you used to be the broadcaster for Navy, and I know Navy lost, so that hurts you, and it hurts Bill Belichick too. But I just wanted to ask you, what's that game like? Oh, it's an amazing experience from start to finish. And Saturday was a very disappointing day uh, in a lot of respects. And as I said on social media myself, probably the most difficult three-day stretch of football for me personally to watch with the Patriots scoring only three points on Thursday and then the midshipmen getting shut out on Saturday. Yet at the end of the game, And ultimately, once some of the emotions cooled down, it was an atypical finish to the Army-Navy game in that there was some pushing and shoving, some extracurricular activity on the field because it's a game that is rooted in mutual respect and a common cause, a common calling, where the young men and women who go to the two service academies sign up on their own as part of the voluntary armed forces in this country to serve the country, willing to sacrifice for all of us. And it's been said many times that it's the one football game where everyone on the field is willing to die for everyone watching. And at the end of the game, when the two teams come together for the alma mater, although it is your greatest goal as an athlete to sing second, when you go to a service academy, because the losing team's alma mater sung first, naturally, Nonetheless, I think that scene crystallizes why Army-Navy is so special because once the game ends, those seniors who are on the field and those seniors who are watching in their respective uniforms, they're brothers and sisters in arms, and they're on the same team. And as trite and as cliched as that sounds, that's what Army-Navy is all about. And when you go to an Army-Navy game and experience in person if you can, you get a sense of just how special it is from the time the stadium opens and you look around in the stands and you see the people who are there, academy graduates, as well as the military officers who are in attendance. And, you know, as the game goes along and, and they compete you know, with total 100% effort on every play, regardless of what the score is, I was so lucky to be a part of one, let alone 16 Army-Navy games. And it's an event in sports unlike any other. Well, beautifully said in a beautiful scene. Um, I made this point the other day on our podcast to Doug Flutie. I think watching the Patriots is like watching a service academy offense at times. We see run dominant, option plays at times, have to be perfect, uh, small margin for error. That's kind of what it feels like to me at times. That has been an analogy that uh, has been used periodically in our broadcast booth. 
not always on the air and, uh, you know, certainly in conversation. And I, I kind of felt, as I said, in watching the two games on Thursday and Saturday, uh, very similarly, although I let my emotions out a little bit more when I'm watching as a fan <laughs> of the Naval Academy than in trying to broadcast the Patriots game. But you're absolutely right. Uh, there are a lot of similarities uh, for the Patriots. You cannot, like a service academy football team, you can't fall behind, particularly by two scores, because you don't have an offense that's really suited to come back as in the past when you had Tom Brady who could throw the ball 40, 50 times a game and lead you to a comeback through the air. There's no rally from a 28-3 deficit with a running-oriented offense. And so when I look at the Patriots and the way the game on Thursday played out and then the way the game played out for the Naval Academy on Saturday, you know, you, you talk about a, a fourth down uh, effort goal uh, goal to go for the mids as opposed yeah. to a fourth and two uh, for the uh, the Patriots a goal to go and each team fails and you know at that moment you you miss one at bat and it's almost game over uh, although the Patriots still were able to hang around a little bit in their game until that third quarter drive by the Rams but there are a lot of similarities you're absolutely right and and they're certainly not lost on me watching both teams this year. Bob Sosi, voice of the Patriots. You can hear him every single Sunday, Monday, Thursday, Saturday. Whenever the Patriots are playing, you can hear him on WDEV. Bob, Cam Newton had some interesting comments yesterday. He was defending Josh McDaniels, and he said there was not going to be any rift between him and McDaniels. But he also said, I'm just doing what I'm asked to do. And what I ask you is, as a follow-up, is I think it's pretty clear the Patriots have told Cam not to turn the football over, and he's been extra conservative. Do you think that Cam is gun shy because there's nothing left in the tank or he's just doing, hey, they've told me not to turn it over, so here's what I'm going to do. There might be plays on the field, but I'm not going to take those chances. It may go beyond what they're telling him not to do in his own sense of that. And I think back to two plays in particular in the Rams game. The screen pass intercepted by Kenny Young and returned for a touchdown. Although Bill Belichick said afterward it wasn't Cam's mistake that he was supposed to throw the ball in that situation and that Aaron Donald made a great play in holding up Damian Harris. And as Belichick said, there would be no reason for him not to throw it in that spot. Nonetheless, hearing Cam's response after the game about why he didn't pitch the ball on that aforementioned fourth and and goal from the two. Although I think if he pitches it, the play's blown up, much like a a pitch that went for a fumble in the second half of the Navy game. Nonetheless, his rationale was after the game, as he explained, well, he he didn't want to make another bad play. So obviously in that situation, reading into it, that interception in the pick six played into his thinking even in the running game, we're not even talking about a pass here into the running game, whether or not to keep it or pitch it uh, when he, he took that you know option play uh, eventually to the middle uh, on that fourth and goal to go. So I, I think it's great. I think it's been evident in his play as the season has gone along indecisiveness and hesitancy. There have been a lot of inaccurate throws that have been near misses for opposing teams. And we have seen a lot of inaccurate throws, obviously, picked off by opposing teams. And, you know, the one thing with the way the Patriots play, and it goes back to service academy football, as we were talking about missed at-bats, ball security is important in every offense, but especially so when you play in a, in a game of limited possessions. And kind of your MO offensively has become, let's slow the game down, let's get out in front, play from ahead, let's work the clock, let's grind it out, let's play smash-mouth football. And every time you turn the ball over and give it away, well – Again, in a game of limited at-bats, I think those mistakes are amplified because it's not like, again, you're going to be able to turn around and go hurry up 
and get multiple possessions in the final half of a quarter. In this case, you're probably going to get two or three possessions in entire quarter, three being a bit generous. This team has played a lot of games where you've seen like two full series in, in, a, in a single quarter uh, for one team. Bob, I don't want to be a sports radio guy. I don't want to fall into the trap, but I'm going to have to be a sports radio guy. So I heard it. I've heard it earlier in the year, and I heard it yesterday on a national radio show. Let me paint the scenario for you. The Jets are 0-15 going into that final game. Does Bill Belichick get more satisfaction out of sending the Jets to 0-16 or maybe letting the, you know, letting in quote, having the Jets beat the Patriots so they don't get the number one pick and don't get Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that many times myself. <laughs> and, uh, you know, maybe, maybe it depends on what Jacksonville's record is at that stage. Yeah. But I honestly think that uh, Bill Belichick will play every game here on out once you're in the game to win. Mm -hmm. And I think in the case of the Jets, there are no guarantees if the Jets get Trevor Lawrence that that's going to turn their fortunes around as a franchise. They got Sam Darnold, the guy that they thought was their franchise quarterback just a few years ago. Mm -hmm. And so I think if Bill Belichick is in this situation in that final game where the Jets are still winless and it's a game in which the Patriots you know, have an opportunity to win it, he's going to seize that opportunity because there will be more satisfaction in that moment uh, to win. But no, I, I think honestly, that's the makeup. I can't ever see Bill Belichick uh, unless, you know, maybe it's a game like, uh, you know, late in the playoffs where, you know, it's more advantageous to your playoff seating to throw the ball into the stands yeah. at the end of the game rather than trying to uh, score a go-ahead uh, touchdown. Uh, the, I think in this case, if it's the Jets, and again, I, I, I would I would think that he's going to want to win that game. He's going to want to beat the Jets. Uh, nothing, you know, I don't think he wants to walk across the field and, and shake hands with Adam Gaze after a loss to the Jets. Not that he doesn't like Adam Gaze. He has a lot of respect for Adam Gaze, interestingly. Uh, but I, I don't think he would want to want to leave that game regular season finale with a loss to the Jets. And I also say this too, Brady, and I think, you know, we, we, if the playoffs picture, you know, now is is almost settled, and, and, and once it does become, if, you know, if the Patriots aren't able to, experience a miracle here these final three weeks of the regular season i go back to week 17 for the dolphins last year coming into foxborough and beating the patriots and as different as the circumstances are for that miami team and this patriots team i still think the way you play in the regular season finale particularly for young players can be a springboard to the offseason and a better mindset and overall offseason for your football team. And I think it carried over for the Dolphins in terms of the culture and the work habits, even though they changed a lot of the pieces. But coming into Foxborough winning that game, again, that was a huge upset. If the Patriots beat the Jets, no big deal. But I still think it's important for the Patriots to play these last three games as if their playoff lives yep. are on the line in every one of them, even if the mathematics ultimately eliminate the Patriots altogether. Bob Sosi, voice of the Patriots. You can check him out Sunday. We've got the coverage for you from Miami beginning at 10 a.m. with the pregame show, 1 p.m. with the kickoff. Three games left and those playoff hopes. They're still there, even though they're small. Bob, we appreciate it, man. And, uh, hey, we're hoping for, uh, you know, keep it under your hat. You might be getting some Vermont beer coming your way soon here. So uh, uh, we appreciate you. And in that case, I'll tip my cap to you, Brady. I really appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Bob. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Brady.